Pod Save the Queen! Welcome to the first episode of Pod Save the Queen. I'm Anne Gripper from the Daily Mirror and I'm joined by our Royal Correspondent, Victoria Murphy. Hello. She's fresh from writing about the Cambridge's Christmas card and the big news that Princess Charlotte is off to nursery in January. So that's that like right. a good place to start. Yeah, we thought it might be a quiet day today, but that's one thing you learn in this job, that you can never rely on it being a quiet day. Things will just come at you, and that's what came at me this morning. Um, the announcement that Princess Charlotte is going to be starting nursery in January, following in George's footsteps, going to nursery when she's two years old. And they've chosen a London nursery for her, very close to Kensington Palace. I had a little look on the map just down the road. Kate won't have far to go. And it looks like a very, very nice nursery. Very good testimonials from the parents. I mean, obviously, Kensington is a very good area. So they've got a good neighbourhood. The children seem to be very happy there from what I can see from their website. So hopefully Charlotte will really enjoy it and it's a really kind of exciting step for her to be starting nursery. And the picture that came out today was just gorgeous, they look really happy, she's growing up so fast. I mean this was probably taken in the summer we think. Yes it was taken in the summer and there was a little clue to when it was taken because Prince George is wearing the same outfit that he was wearing in the pictures that they released for his fourth birthday. So we were able to deduce that those pictures are taken at the same time. So this Christmas card photograph which they released today is a few months old. Um, Another clue is obviously Kate didn't look pregnant at all in the Christmas card photograph and she is about four or five months pregnant now. So So don't read anything into the fact that they are all wearing blue. No. (laughs) No, oh my goodness, I can't believe people would. No, 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 they definitely could not have known the sex of the baby at that time. No way. (laughs) Not unless they did a blue shoe and a pink shoe and then chose which one to put out. Oh, that conspiracy theory. Really creating conspiracy theories. No, no. Um, So, yeah, it's a lovely picture. I mean, it was interesting because it was very plain there was a white background sometimes when we see pictures of the royals there in a more natural setting it's quite nice when you can get pictures of them maybe in the garden at their country home Anne Hall or perhaps I think some of us might have been hoping for a bit of a Christmassy setting at Kensington Palace which would have been lovely but it's a very neutral background but a really nice picture of the four of them. I think we can't underestimate the effort that the photographer probably had to go to to get George and Charlotte facing the camera, smiling, get all four members of the family looking great, and they did, they look lovely. Any parents that are listening, I'm sure, will be able to empathise with that. Exactly, as I can. (laughs) So the other big news over the last few days is we now have a date for Harry and Meghan's wedding. So (laughs) keep your diaries clear for May the 19th. The announcement came from Kensington Palace on the... Twitter and among other places, but the tweet read, His Royal Highness Prince Henry of Wales and Ms Meghan Markle will marry on 19th of May 2018. Today's announcement follows earlier confirmation of the month of the wedding and its location at St George's Chapel, Windsor Castle. So now we know who, we know where, we know when. We know exactly when and it's a bit of a relief to be honest because there was a lot of speculation last week about what's the exact date going to be. There was a lot of stories popping up about road closures, about potential works being done in Windsor, and everyone was reading into this thing, oh, it's got to be this date, it's got to be this date. So the fact that we know the actual date is a big relief. It's really great. We can all start planning. May the 19th, yeah. I mean, I personally think it's a great date, but then I'm not really a football fan, and there have been (laughs) people moaning about the high-profile clash with the football. Nightmare of planning any wedding on a, on a weekend in the summer. You have to, well, 
maybe not so much the summer, but in the football season, check the uh, check the fixtures or the rugby season, Six Nations. Um, you are a sports fan. This is just going I'm, way, I'm way over my head. But married <laughs> to a sports fan as well. Yeah, I cannot imagine doing that for my wedding, but obviously it's a big thing for a lot of people. So, and, and of course for the royal family because Prince William is president of the FA. It's a commitment that he does, you know, and should take seriously. So it's a bit of a clash for him. It's very unlikely that he will be turning up at the cup final to present the trophy. The timing, we're told, is not going to clash, which makes sense because royal weddings are most usually held around 11 or 12. So I would expect that the ceremony would start sometime between 11 and 12. And the football match, from what I understand, is later in the day. So there won't be a timing clash, but I I find it very unlikely that William would disappear from his brother's wedding in the middle of presumably the best man speech to, to go and present a trophy you know, quite quite some distance away. So I, I don't think anyone would mind if William handed the duty over to someone else this no, year. I would, I would mm. agree with you for that. I mean, the... The FA Cup is a big day. There's big, big, it's big TV day always as well, and the royal the royal wedding presumably will be as well. If you're not a fan of the FA Cup or the royal wedding, you probably need to leave. go and do something Just else. Just leave, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I think yeah, there, there's been a lot of discussion about the conundrum that the broadcasters may face. Um, they'll just have to get all their resources on deck for both of those big events. I think it will be fine. I think it will be fine. I think probably people will either prefer one or the other, and I certainly know which one I will be at. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite unusual for a royal wedding to happen on a Saturday. It is fairly unusual for a royal wedding to happen on a Saturday, but it's not that unusual for somebody who is quite low down the pecking order. And we do have to remember that even though we all love Harry and he's a very prominent member of the royal family and a very popular member of the royal family, this marriage is not hugely significant in historical terms or in constitutional terms. He's quite far down the line to the succession now. He is fifth at the moment. He will be sixth when William and Kate's next baby is born. And, of course, when George and Charlotte and baby number three go on to have children, he will be even further and further down. Uh, He's also not the child of the sovereign. He is the grandchild of the sovereign. So while there were bank holidays for the Queen's children, that's different. He's a grandchild. So there isn't really a precedent for there being a huge hoo-ha for the wedding of the grandchild of the sovereign, who's fifth in line, sixth in line to the throne. So I just think because... Prince Harry is such a popular high-profile role. There's a lot of excitement about this wedding. And I think some people were hoping that we might get an extra bank holiday out of it if it was held on a weekday. But that's not going to happen. It's on a Friday. On a Saturday. Not a Friday. On a Saturday. So we're all going to have fun on Saturday instead. (laughs) But quite a lot of this excitement as well, I think, is because it's been such a whirlwind, their romance, really. Sort of 18 18 months dating to engaged is... Yeah, reasonably quick. It's been a real whirlwind romance, and they've completely turned things completely around for the both of them. I mean, if you look at Prince Harry a couple of years ago, he was single. A lot of people were thinking, is he going to find someone? He's coming up to his mid thirties. He hasn't found the right person. He's had relationships that haven't worked out. He clearly wants to settle down, but is that actually going to happen for him? So the fact that in such a short space of time he's found someone who is so right for him, and also crucially, who is so capable of doing this very difficult, very important role on the world stage, and he just seems so unbelievably happy. The people I know who work with him, work for him, just saying, he's just 
smiling all the time, he's really happy, he's really excited, and, and completely and utterly in love. So it's, it's lovely, it's a real love story. And they, they seem to be also quite switched on about what they're letting themselves in for. I think Harry has tried to warn Meghan many times, this is a big deal, your life will completely change, your life will be mapped out for you, you will have all these responsibilities, you will be part of this institution and you, you can't switch that off ever. And I think he he has had that conversation with her, but she seems very up for it and very capable of it. She's a very confident, accomplished woman. And, and she is, she's, she's a woman now in her mid, 30s and she knows she knows what she's doing she knows what she wants from life um and I think that really gives her that confidence to be able to take on something this big and from what I hear she doesn't seem to be that phased by it and from what I see as well she doesn't seem to be that phased by it the interview that they did when they announced their engagement she seemed really relaxed calm confident she was she knew she was introducing herself to everybody and she it felt like that she took the lead on it really it did a bit yeah I mean it was very different to William and Kate's interview where there was definitely a lot more hand-holding going on by William I think one thing that makes a big difference is obviously that she has experience in front of the camera she has experience public speaking and that's got to make a big difference I mean when Kate was doing her engagement interview it was probably the first time she's ever spoken in front of a camera and and that was probably going through her mind at the time whereas Megan has done that many times her job as an actress was to perform in front of the camera so that whole mechanisms that wouldn't phase her and she yeah she was very confident she's and she did seem very relaxed actually I, I couldn't believe how low-key in a way the way that they were speaking was they didn't seem nervous or full of adrenaline it just seemed very calm the whole thing was very very calm and that was great so it's definitely all things are pointing in the right direction so hopefully it will carry on like this yeah and you were there for the photo call which took there. place that day in the gardens at Kensington yeah Palace. I mean that's one of the things about this job that is fantastic and one of the things that you never want to miss is when there's a huge announcement like that and you know that you're going to have an opportunity to be at a photo call like that and you are literally having a ringside seat in watching history unfold and so those are the moments when it's absolutely fantastic and, and standing there watching them come out and you're working so you sort of it's interesting a lot of people say to me oh you must have the most amazing job you must love it and at the time you don't really appreciate it as much as you should you don't enjoy it so much but actually it is incredible and so I'm there kind of frantically trying to tweet and tell everyone what's going on and feeling full of stress trying to get all of that done but I do have this amazing opportunity to see them in person and also I was in Nottingham when they did their first official engagement together and we have a system in royal reporting called a rotor system so every uh, we take it in turns basically to get really close to them and to report on what they're doing when they're meeting people and then the rest of the time we're a little bit further back and this was my lucky day because I was the first journalist to be right up next to them when they arrived in Nottingham so I was there standing you can if you really want to and you probably find this not very interesting but you can see on some of the photo of the photographs of that day there's a kind of fuzzy me standing in the background because I was just constantly a few feet away from them just watching them interacting with the crowds and obviously everyone really really wanted to see Megan and speak to her and it, it felt like 
a really exciting day because this was the first time that Harry had turned up at an event with someone by his side. And for years, he's been by himself, and suddenly there's this other person, and it was lovely. So, And she was brilliant. She was very relaxed. She was chatty with the crowds. Uh, she was looked in- incredible, absolutely incredible in the flash, um, as well as in all the photographs. And they were obviously really in love because they were very tactile, much more tactile than we usually see members of the royal family being. They were holding hands, then he was putting his hand on her back, and they were kind of looking at each other really lovingly. And we don't really see William and Kate do that anymore, if ever. <laughs> so it's got something quite different. Do you think that, are they allowed to carry on doing that? Or do they get away with it at the moment because they're, they're newly engaged, they're getting married, and uh, Palace probably knows this big love story that everybody's excited about, so the rules are, you know, a bit relaxed at the moment. Yeah. Will they be hemmed in in the future, do you think? I think they'll just carry on being themselves. I mean, probably as with any relationship, probably they'll probably stop being quite affectionate as things go further down the line. Maybe in five years' time they'll be giving each the evil glances (laughs) like we all do when we've been with the same person for a long time. Um, But I think it's likely that they'll be... They'll just be themselves. And I think that's an interesting point that you make there because there's a lot of talk about royal protocol about the rules of what people should and shouldn't do and I think a lot of people imagine that these rules or this protocol is really set in stone and it's really rigid and it's something that's written down and everyone can refer to and so you do do this you don't do that and it's not really like that certainly not for most things there's no real rule book Harry and Meghan it feels like they want to do things on their terms a little bit and do things their way and allow their character to come through. When they were talking about the wedding initially, or when the palace were talking about the wedding initially, they said they wanted it to reflect Harry and Meghan as a couple. It will make it will be their choices rather than things imposed on them from above, I guess. Um, so one thing that's interesting always is the choice of where they've got married. Um, when you're a member of the royal family, there's lots, lots of lovely chapels and churches and cathedrals to choose from. But they've gone for St George's Chapel at Windsor, which is probably one of the more discreet and, and quieter ones, would be my impression. I've not been to Windsor. Can you tell us about what it's like at Windsor? Yeah, I think it was a very natural choice for them. As we've said, Prince Harry is not the heir to the throne. Having a big central London wedding where all the roads are closed wasn't necessarily something that he needed to do or wanted to do. So... I would say Windsor is definitely the slightly more low-key option in comparison to somewhere like Westminster Abbey or St Paul's Cathedral, which were the top London choices. But it's still pretty impressive. It's still very grand. Um, I mean, it's a stunning, stunning chapel, St George's Chapel, um, and it and it's incredibly ornate and absolutely beautiful on the inside. And also Windsor Castle as well, and Windsor itself, it's a really beautiful town. Um, I've been there many times covering large-scale rural events. St George's Chapel is where the Order of the Garter is held every year. There's a procession with the royal family. And there's actually a little area which is outside of the chapel, but inside the palace walls, where members of the public are allowed to go if they have tickets for Order of the Garter. And that's something I think that they're looking at perhaps incorporating into the wedding day. There's been discussions, suggestions of maybe a ballot to let members of the public go in there and share in the day. And I think that's something that they are very 
keen to do is to make sure that members of the public can be involved in some way. I think they've been, from what I understand, quite blown away, I suppose, by the excitement that there seems to be about this wedding and about this marriage. And there's a lot of positivity that's come from the public. And I think that they really want to give something back by allowing people to see them and to feel that if they want to come down, they want to stand on the streets and wave flags, that there's going to be a place for them to do that. So that I would imagine that there will definitely be some kind of procession through the streets of Windsor. A carriage procession, probably once they've had said their vows, and people will get to see them in the same way that William and Kate processed through the streets of London when they got married. I mean, that's pretty much an essential element of a big royal wedding, is flag-waving crowds and excitement. So that's something that they're keen to do. They are also keen to make the wedding about them, about their friends, about their loved ones, the people that they really care about. There will be some obligation to invite certain people, um, the Prime Minister, for example, certain dignitaries, possibly foreign royals, um, but they will be prioritising their friends and family and the, the people that they're closest to, and that's something that they definitely want to do. Um, will Harry be allowed to invite the Obamas, do you think? Because they seem to have crossed that line from, really, from really dignitaries do. to friends. And he's mm. going to be interviewing Barack Obama for the Radio 4 Today programme that he's, um, he's editing. And, you know, everybody likes the Obamas. They're kind of like... You know, yeah, and, and the Prince Harry does have a real genuine friendship with both Barack and Michelle Obama. They've worked together a lot. They have a lot of shared interests. Um, they've collaborated on a lot of things. I mean, the fact that Prince Harry managed to get the Queen to take part in a video that he did in the run-up to the Invictus Games, that jokey video that possibly some of you might remember where he dropped the mic and the Queen said, oh, really? And this was all because of Barack Obama, really, the fact that he felt that in order to trump the US president, he had to bring out the Queen. And, and so I think there's a, there's a real strong friendship there. So... I don't see why he couldn't invite them. They're, they're, they're genuinely friends, and that's what they want to do. So, so I think that's very possible, actually. Um, interestingly, uh, the, the Obamas actually didn't go to the previous royal wedding, even though Obama was president at the time. There was no obligation on William and Kate to invite overseas heads of state, as there won't be on Harry and Meghan. So I think it'll be about who they, who they want to be there. And if Harry wants to invite the Obamas, I, I wouldn't see anyone standing in his way. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Watch this space. Um, if you have questions that you would like us to try and answer about the royal wedding or anything to do with the royals, then we're going to be trying to get some guests on in future episodes. And Victoria will obviously be here as a regular. And we want to hear your thoughts, your questions. Uh, your stories of when you met the royals if you'd like to share those so our email address is podsavethequeen all one word at trinitymirror.com so do drop us a line so lots more to talk about with the royal wedding in future episodes but we can look forward to Christmas first Um, another big time for the royals every year Um, I'm on duty on Christmas day in the office so I do you want to go to Sandringham? The Wi-Fi is not very good. You're right; it really isn't very good. Yeah. So I'll be looking out for that morning walk yeah. to church in yeah. the, on the grounds first, and then they go again to the, the church later on. Um, so always a big deal. Um, before then, we've got the Buckingham Palace lunch on Wednesday. Yeah. 
So there's a, there is a real regularity to the Christmas celebrations for the royals. It is a big deal. Yeah, and Meghan's going to be there. It's, it's definitely a big time of year for the royal family. And Christmas at Sandringham is a tradition uh, that has been going on for many years. The Queen invites her close family to spend Christmas on her Norfolk estate. And they have a kind of three-day programme, really, which starts on Christmas Eve with opening presents. It's a German tradition that the royals still keep and looking at the Christmas tree, then they have a dinner, then they go to church on Christmas morning, followed by lunch. Of course, they watch the Queen's broadcast at 3pm and then they do what we all do, probably sit and eat chocolates and watch films and play games. Um, and then Boxing Day, there's obviously the pheasant shoot, which Prince Philip has traditionally organised. Controversial, as always. Um, royals the Royals and Hunting is, is one of their weak spots, really. It's one of the areas where they fall slightly out of step with the general public. Um, a lot of people disagree with, with it. And actually, interestingly, Meghan, who is going to Sandringham this year, is not thought to be a fan of blood sports. So it will be interesting to see how she handles that, if she participates in the shoot, if she declines to participate, if she goes along and watches. We'll have to see. We may know, we may not. Um... But this is, a, yeah, it's definitely a significant year. I mean, I've been covering Christmas at Sandringham now since I started in this job uh, more than seven years ago. I've been up there many, many times and standing in the ice and snow on Christmas Day and waiting for the royals to make the walk. They walk from the main Sandringham house and they come through this big gate and they walk up a path where, which is lined by members of the public. A lot of people who live in the area, they come down to see the royals before they go home for their Christmas lunch. It's a tradition for them, including lots of kids who like to see the Queen. And they go into the church. The Queen arrives separately by car. Um, and she goes in and then they have the service which usually only lasts about 20 minutes to half an hour and then they come out and walk back to the main house and the Queen goes by car she sometimes stops and takes flowers from children outside the church before she goes back I mean obviously she's um, 91 now and she hasn't been standing around taking a lot of flowers in recent years Um, I imagine it's probably quite cold for her quite difficult so she sometimes just takes a couple of poses and goes back in and then the rest of the royals will chat to the crowds on the way back and often you can get some you know really great stories actually from what they say to members of the public they'll talk about um one year kate was talking about george enjoying the wrapping paper at christmas and that's where a lot of royal stories come from is from things that they say to members of the public so um if you want royal gossip or information then there may be some christmas day from what they say to the crowds But it's quite a big deal for Meghan. She's clearly been very welcomed into the family already. There was a lot of talk before it was announced that she was going to Sandringham that she may not go because she's not married. And Can people go before they're married? There's not a precedent for royals going before they're married. Kate didn't go the year that she was engaged to William. They went to her parents' house instead. Mike Tyndall, who married Zara Phillips the same year, he didn't go when they were engaged. So I think people perhaps thought that she wouldn't go because they weren't married, and but that was proved wrong. And it's been made very clear that if that was a rule, then it's been bent, or perhaps it never was a rule in the first place. Um, but clearly, she's very much considered to already be a member of the family. And I think also reflected in the fact that she, her own family is obviously thousands of miles away in America. Um, she perhaps if she's in the UK she doesn't have anyone else to spend it with so of course she's going to spend it with her fiance's family 
it's a big deal going to Christmas with the in-laws just when you're a, a regular person <laughs> and you've, you know, you've grown up having Christmas with your family and your traditions and know who the people are who make the slightly annoying and inappropriate jokes that you've just got to keep a straight face for and so who, who you don't want to sit next to at Christmas and who gives the best presents or who... you could argue that she's more can be more prepared than most people because there's reams and reams of material out there that she could read about her in-laws if she wanted to as most of us get caught by surprise uh, but she I, I think she obviously knows the immediate family she's met William and Kate several times She's met Charles and Camilla. She's met the Queen a couple of times. And this will be about her getting to know some of the more extended members of the family as well. Apparently, she's already one of the most important people. I say people, but that's inaccurate because it's the Corgis, the Queen's Corgis, who took to her straight away, according to Harry, which is a very, very good sign. Um, I think that can give us a very good indication of what the Queen thinks by what her Corgis think. <laughs> so. I think she'll be fine. I just think the way that she's approached everything so far is with this real air of confidence. And she's, you know, she's 36, Megan. She's got life experience behind her. I think she's just got a confidence of the, 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 that a woman of that age can have that somebody, you know, take Princess Diana, for example. She was 19 when she got engaged. She was 20 when they got married. I mean, the difference is, is huge. And it in your self in your composure and, and and everything so I think she seems to be very relaxed about it and I think she will just enjoy herself hopefully she'll enjoy herself hopefully I don't envy her trying to but work probably out probably not at the shoot so yeah <laughs> I just don't envy her trying to work out what to get the Queen for Christmas if you've got ideas about what she should buy the Queen for Christmas email us podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com they have to be joke presents you know that so the Queen the Royals give each the joke presents it's a good idea because they obviously have a lot of money so if they were giving each the serious presents it would maybe just get a bit crazy so it's quite good that they do something different so if you have a good joke present for the Queen as long as it's not rude then I've not done my shopping yet so I'll confess I may use it for my gran instead it's <laughs> also 90 so anyway I think that's wraps us up for today next time we'll be back with our review of the year plus news from Sandringham at Christmas time uh, if you've got particular royal highlights from the year do get in touch and let us know what they are we will try to read out our favourite stories every episode so let us know what they are and you will be very much part of our show in the meantime you can find me on twitter at Anne Gripper and Victoria is Queen Vic Mirror if there are topics that you would like to hear about then email podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com and send us your questions we are on iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom and all your favourite podcast apps please rate us, review us and tell us what you think until next time Pod save the queen!